Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. 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 This is Minister McMillan. I'm giving you the praise and the glory and the honor, Father, for this special, special day. Okay. Uh, Kag Pesach Shemek. Meaning, happy Passover, everyone. Or, Kag Kezar Shemek, meaning happy holidays. You want to greet someone for Passover, those are the things you say. This morning, we are going to read what transpired through the time of Passover. This is a special broadcast today of reading of the Passover. Many of you last night already started. I hope you had a, a very happy and blessed Passover. I know we did here. Uh, all of us engaged in a beautiful Seder dinner and... We treated the children to uh, the movie, The Prince of Egypt, which they enjoyed immensely. <laughs> and then later there was games. Later the kids had games and really had a nice time. Now this morning, we will be reading again today. Uh, pass, uh, the Passover story with some other festivities. So I hope that you guys have um, enjoyed your Passover and are continuing to enjoy your Passover. Okay? All right. So, we are going to start As you can see, I'm turning pages. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to start at uh, Moses and the Burning Bush. Most stories start at the birth of Moses. Mm, okay. This is not very long. Maybe we will start at the uh, birth of Moses. Okay. We're in uh, chapter 2 of Exodus. Okay. All right. Before we get started, let's give the Lord some praise and worship. Hallelujah, Lord, Lord, we praise your whole 
Rusty this morning. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. Father, we give you praise, O oh Lord. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we give you the praise of Father, we give you all praise. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. Father. We give you the praise, O oh Lord. Father, we give you the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen, everyone. <clears throat> Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory this morning. On this special, 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 special holiday. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. We give you praise and we give you honor, Father. Hallelujah. For you are worthy, almighty God. You are worthy. You are worthy to be king. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, almighty God, for setting us free. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us and keeping us, for guiding us and leading us. Thank you for your instruction, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your son, for giving us your son, for healing us, delivering us. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. These and all things, in Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. Now, normally, we would read on to the next uh, chapter, but today, it is Passover. Yay! Praise the Lord. It's Passover, everybody. And so today we're going to do the Passover story. Okay. So everyone uh, turn to uh, the book of Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to start at uh, the choosing of Moses. Okay. At his birth. Now a man of the house of uh, Levi married. Now, see, notice they still have the same house. They have the house of Levi. Okay. Okay, this is uh, a Levite This is a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman. You see, remember we said uh, about them marrying outside of their families. If they married outside their clansmen, right, then the woman whose family she represented would lose their land and things. However, the Levites didn't have land, so they would inherit the the work of the Lord. They would have to go into the Lord's house and clean and take down the curtains. And those who were part of Aaron's family would go behind the curtain, okay, Uh, mostly Aaron and his sons. So, this is a Levite woman. So, she's destined to marry a Levite man. All right, let's move on. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could could hide him no longer. She got a pampers basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the banks of the river Nile. His sister 
stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket along the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take the baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. And that's what Moses' name means. I drew him out of the water. What does your name mean? Think about that. This is why I said our names are important. And those of you who are pregnant now and are looking for names for your children, remember this. A name is important. It's not just something you give. It's of great importance. Know what the meaning of that name is before you give it to your child, because it has a great balance on that child. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to what, uh, to where his own people were and watched them at his hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, Glancing this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sands. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you rule and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you kill the Egyptian? Now, you see, this is a fine example of what we talk about today. We see our own people doing this, okay? Beating each other up and fighting. Why? Why? What is the purpose of that? You can't speak. You don't have words. You can't control your words and keep your hands still. Okay. Can you refrain from saying foolish things? Because that's what happens. It starts off with a talk and then it gets heated up with foolishness. And then from the foolishness, it goes to anger. And then anger leads to hand movement, fist movement. Knives and guns, okay? It escalates. All right, let's move on. Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh 
and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned to early so early today? And they answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and water for the flocks. And where is he? He asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. During that long period, the king of Egypt died, and the Israelites moaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help became because of their slavery. <clears throat> Went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the, through the bush was on, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Have any of you ever been in a temple or been in a church or somewhere, and you heard those words spoken to you? I have on quite a number of occasions. Uh, one particular occasion, I was at a conference and you could feel the Holy Spirit at the conference. And literally, I heard the Lord say, Daughter, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And I proceeded to take off my shoes. Another time I was in the church, and I hadn't even entered the door of the church. I was outside, uh, standing by the door, 
And I heard, take off your shoes. This is a holy place. And the purpose of that is because it's not that the ground around the place of that particular place is holy all the time. It's that particular time it's holy because God and his angels is present. See, that's why the area is holy. If the Lord visits that area, then it is holy. And you cannot come in there with your shoes on because your shoes are dirty. Okay? All right, let's move on. Uh, Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them cry out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their sufferings. Go, I have come down to rescue them from the lands of Egypt. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jezebites. And now the cry of the Israelites have, rest, have reached me. And I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Now, see, the reason why Moses is saying, who am I? I just ran from there. He was going to kill me. Now you want me to go back so he can kill me again? So he can really get me now. But the Lord is reassuring him. See, I will be with you, the Lord says. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Okay, on that mountain. <clears throat> Moses said to, to God, suppose I go to Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name of which I am to be remembered from generations to generations. What is his name? I am. 
Okay? No assembly. No, uh, go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the God, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt, and I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt, into the land of the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, the Jezebites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you, and then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of Hebrews, has sent has met, sorry, has <clears throat> has met with us. <clears throat> let, <clears throat> let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand couples him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorable, disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor, and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold, and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians." Uh, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say that Moses did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Uh, excuse me. And he ran from it. Huh. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that God, that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob have appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, it was leprous like snow. Now put it back in your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak. 
and when he took it out, it was restored, like, like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry land, dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Mm. Yes, indeedy. Lord formed everything, didn't he? Who makes him deaf or mute? See? Who who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he will speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. And I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform miracles and signs with it. Then Moses went back to Jephro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me go back to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who want to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill. So I will kill your firstborn So I will kill your firstborn son. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. (coughs) 
Okay, let's back up a little bit. First of all, the Lord really was a little angry with Moses because Moses was trying not to do this. Giving the Lord excuses. You can't give the Lord excuses. You have to be obedient. Okay. Uh, Now, uh, on his way now to uh, Egypt, um, the Lord tells him, that he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. So uh, Pharaoh may have had some issues with Moses, but again, the Lord was trying to show the world that he was God. And it started in Egypt. But just like today, people are hard-headed, stiff-necked, They want to do what they want to do, and they don't want to believe in something like God. So they decide upon themselves, they're going to do what they're going to do, and they're not going to do what the Lord says. Thank you, dear. Okay, make sure you close the door behind you. So this is the issue here, okay? All right, let's move on. So at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses. And was about to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses. Mm. Touch Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of the blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to the circumcision. See? Even Sephora knew, his wife, very quick and smart thinking. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the desert to meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. And then Moses told Aaron everything. Uh, Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say. And also about all the miraculous signs he had commanded him to perform. Okay. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of Israel. Right. And Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people. And they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery. They bowed down and they worshiped. Chapter five. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. A festival. You see that? A festival, people. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? 
I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. And so this is the reason why the Lord persisted, because of his own words. I do not know this Lord, but you, but the Lord is saying, yeah, I know you don't know me. That's why you're going to get to know me. See? Okay. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. Or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and we are stopping them from the work. I'm sorry, and you are stopping them from the work. The same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and foremen in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making the bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but requiring them to make the same number of bricks as before and don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why... They are crying out. Now, you know, this was one of the things they used to tell the slaves here. In, uh, I'm speaking of the slaves back during the time of slavery in the United States and uh, all over the world. They would say, oh, they are lazy, and they would beat them more and make them work harder, you see? So... Nothing has really changed. They continue to uh, torment God's people. And that was, <clears throat> that was the first time here it happened they didn't know God. But the time that it happened during slavery, some people, quite a few people who were involved in the moving in the slave trade did know about God. They may not have known him the way Pharaoh and them got to know him, but they knew of him and they heard stories about it. And there were those who were relatives. So you see, history doesn't really change much. Okay. Again, you were persecuting the Lord's people. Do you not know that there will come a time that you will have to pay that debt? Well, Unfortunately, that time is upon us right now, and many of the places that uh, cause much uh, hurt and harm and destruction upon God's people is now suffering uh, and have been suffering, okay? Um, the areas that they were in have become destitute. They're not thriving they're dying out. Okay. All right. Let's move on with the, <clears throat> with the story. Um, then the slave drivers and the foreman went out and said to the people, this is what Pharaoh says. I will not give you any more straw. 
Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The straw, the slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you for each day, just as when you had straw. The Israelite foremen appointed by Pharaoh's slave drivers were beaten and were asked, Why didn't you meet your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite foreman went and appealed to Pharaoh, Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told, make bricks. Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite foremen realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for this each day. And when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in the hand to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought terrible trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I am established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they live as aliens. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God 
who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifting hands to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and cruel bondage. Then the Lord said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? <clears throat> now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron about the Israelites and Pharaoh's king of Egypt, and he commanded them to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. These were the heads of their families, the son of Reuben, the firstborn son of Israel, were was Hanak and Palu and Hizon and Camry, and these were the clans of Reuben. The sons of Simeon were Jumal, Jumal Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Zal, the sons of the Canaanite women. These were the clans of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their records. Jershon, Kohath, and Merai. Levi lived 137 years. The sons of Gershon by clan were Libani and Shimi. The sons of Kohath were Amra, Ishar, Hebron, Uzel, and Kohath lived 133 years. The sons of Mirai were Mahali and Mushi. These were the clans of Levi, according to their records. Aram, Amram married his father's sister, Japheth, who bored him, bored him Aaron and Moses. Amram lived 137 years, and the son of Ishar was Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri. The son of Yusal was Mishael, Elisaphan, and Zipri. Aaron married uh, Elisheba, daughter of Amidah and sister of Nashon. And she bought him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ifthmah. The son of Koran were Azur, Elkah, and Abishab. These were the Koranite clans. Eleazar, son of Aaron, married one of the daughters of Putnel, Put, Putel, and she bore him Phineas. These were the heads of the Levite family, clan by clan. It was this same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, 
bring the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. And it was the same Moses and Aaron. Now when the Lord spoke to Moses in Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. But Moses said to the Lord, since I speak with faltering lips, why would Pharaoh listen to me? And then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like gods to Pharaoh. And your brother Aaron will be your prophet. And you are to say everything I command you. And your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my miraculous and and though I multiply my miraculous signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and with a mighty axe of judgment, I will bring out my division, my people, the Israelites. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. So Aaron was only three years older than Moses. Okay. Uh, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh and it will become a snake. So the Lord, so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. And Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers and Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Just Pharaoh's, yet Pharaoh's heart became harder and he would not listen to them just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the water and wait on the banks of the Nile to meet him and take in your hand the staff that that changed into a snake. Then say to him, The Lord, the God of Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the desert. But until now, you have not listened. And this is what the Lord says. By this, you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, 
I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die, and the rivers will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink the water. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in the wooden buckets and stone jars. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the water and was changed into blood. And the fish in the Nile died. And the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. Who would want to drink blood water? Ugh, gross, gross. When blood starts to... Uh, coagulate, uh, and it starts to get old. It stinks, really stinks. Um, okay, let's go on. Um, but the Egyptian magician did the same thing by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He could not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into the place and did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians dung along the Nile to get drinking water. They all dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river. Now, it's pressing upon me to mention this, and I don't know why. But just like the River Nile stinks when blood is old, it's the same thing when a woman, when a woman is ministrating. And this is why the Lord says do not have sex while a woman is ministrating. It's unclean. And you can tell when a woman changes out, uh, she has to wash up and clean everything because it stinks. Okay, so that's a good example of how the Nile was. It was offensive, it was dirty, and it was stinky. Okay, and you dare not put your mouth on in, in it or drink it. It's disgusting. Okay, let's get on to the other uh, plague, chapter 8. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile, and then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go, so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will plague your whole country with frogs. The Nile will teem with frogs, and they will come up into your place and your bedroom and into your beds into your houses of your officials and on your people and into the ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will go up on you and your people and all your officials. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams, canals, ponds, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Okay, sorry about that. We read that. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same thing by their secret arts, and they also made the frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Okay. Okay, everyone, we're going to pause for a commercial. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, everyone, we are back. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> okay, uh, we're going to now pick up in chapter 8 and 9. Chapter 8, verse 9. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave, I have, um, I leave to you <clears throat> the honors of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people, that you and your house may be rid of the frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said, Moses replied, I will be as you say, so that you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials said, <clears throat> your officials and your people <clears throat> and they will remain <clears throat> only in the Nile. <clears throat> okay. Now, after Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had brought in Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses, in the courtyards, and in the fields. And they were piled into heaps, and the land reeked of them. Oh, boy, Egypt was stinking. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gants. And they did this, and when Aaron stretched out his hand and the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gants came up upon men and animals, and all the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gant. But when the magicians tried to produce gants by their secret arts, they could not. And the gants were on men and animals. The magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning 
and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the water and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If I do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your officials, on your people, and into your houses. The houses of Egyptians will be full of flies and even the ground where they are. But on, <clears throat> but on the... <clears throat> But on that day, I I will deal directly with the land of Goshen. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm full of a lot of cold today. I'm trying to work through this. So if you bear with me for a second. Try this again. <clears throat> We've been having a lot of weather changes here. <clears throat> Cold one day, warm the next day, and so <clears throat> getting a lot of uh, cold. course, like many of you, I've been using different things. Uh, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, okay, we're back at um, chapter 824. And the Lord did this. Dense swarm of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the house of his officials. And throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by the flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go, sacrifice to your God here in the land. But Moses said, That would not be right. The sacrifices we offer the Lord our God would be detestable to Egyptians. And if we offer sacrifices that are detestable in their eyes, Will they not stone us? <clears throat> we must take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God as he commanded us. Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifice to the Lord your God in the desert, but you must not go very far. Now pray for me. And Moses answered, 
As soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord, and tomorrow the flies will leave Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Only be sure that Pharaoh does not act deceitfully, again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Now they fly remain, but this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. Chapter 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold back, uh, continue to hold back. Then the Lord said to Moses, sorry, we're missing something here. Uh, and continue to hold back. <clears throat> the hand of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock and in the field on your horses and donkeys and camels and on your cattle and sheep and goats. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt so that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a time and said, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the next day the Lord did it, and all the livestock of Egyptians died. But, on, <clears throat> but the one animal belonging to the Israelites, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Pharaoh sent men to investigate and found that not not every one of the animals of the Israelites had died. Yet his heart was unyielding, and he would not let the people go. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the furnace, and have Moses toss it into the air in the presence of Pharaoh, and it will become the fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, and fester boils will break out on men and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it into the air, and festering boils broke out on men and animals. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen to Moses or Aaron, just as the Lord had said to Moses. Now then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh, and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, said, let my people go so that they may worship me. For this time I will send the full force of my plague against you and against your officials and your people. So you may know about there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up 
for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You still set yourself against my people and will not let them go. Therefore, at this time tomorrow, I will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt. From that day, it was founded till now. Give an order now to bring your livestock and everything you have in the field to a place of shelter because the hail will fall on every man and animal that has not been brought in and is still out in the field and they will die. Those officials of Pharaoh who, heard, who feared the word of God hurried to bring their slaves and their livestock inside. But those who ignored the word of the Lord left their, li- their slaves and livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the sky so that hail will fall all over Egypt, on man and animal, on everything growing in the field of Egypt. When Moses stretched out his staff towards the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashing down to the ground. So the Lord Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. Hail fell and thunder flashed back and forth. It was the worst storm in all the land of Egypt since it had been a nation. Throughout Egypt, hail struck everything in the fields, both men and animals. It beat down everything growing in the fields and stripped every tree. The only place it did not hail was the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he said to them. The Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Pray to the Lord, for we have had enough thunder and hail. I will let you go. You don't have to say, stay any longer. Moses replied, When I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hand in prayer to the Lord. The thunder will stop and there will be no more hail. So you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But I know that you and your officials still do not fear the Lord God. See, now by this time, Moses knew. (laughs) Just like we know when someone says things, but they really don't mean them. Right? Okay. The flax and the barley were destroyed. Since the barley had headed and the flax, was in bloom, the wheat and the smelt, however, were not destroyed because they ripened later. Then Moses left Pharaoh and went out of the city. He spread out his hands towards the Lord, and the thunder and the hail stopped, and the rain no longer poured down on the land, 
And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and thunder had stopped, he, he sinned again. He and his officials hardened their hearts. So Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not let Pharaoh go, just as the Lord had said through Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials, so that I may perform these miraculous signs of mine among them, that you may tell your children and grandchildren how to dealt harshly with the Egyptians, and how I perform my signs among them, and that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to a Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews says, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow, and they will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen, and they will devour the little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your field. They will fill the houses and those of all your officials and all the Egyptians, something neither your fathers nor your forefathers have seen, have ever seen from the day they settled in this land till now. Then Moses turned and left Pharaoh. Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so that they might worship the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is ruined? Then Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. Go worship the Lord your God, he said, but just who will be going? And Moses answered, We will go with our young and old, with our sons and daughters, and with our flocks and herd, because we are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. Hello, a festival to the Lord. People want to know about Passover. Passover is a festival to the Lord. Was it commanded? Yes, it was. From the very beginning. All right, let's, let's get back to the story. Um... Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you if I let you go along with your women and children. Clearly, you are bent on evil. No, have only the, no, have only the men go and worship the Lord, since that's what you have been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over Egypt so that the locusts will swarm over the land and devour everything growing in the fields and everything left by the hail. 
So Moses stretched out his staff over Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning, the wind had brought the locusts, and they invaded all of Egypt and settled down in every area of the country in the great numbers. Neither before had there been such a plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. They covered all the ground until it was black. They devoured all that was left after the hail. Everything growing in the field and fruit on the trees, nothing green remained on the trees or plants in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now forgive my sins once more and pray to the Lord your God to take this deadly plague away from me. Moses then left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind, which caught up the locusts and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left anywhere in Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let Israel go. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the sky so that the darkness will spread over Egypt, darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky and total darkness covered all Egypt for three days and no one could see anything else or leave his house for three days. Yet all the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Mind you, the Israelites probably didn't have to work at this time because there was so much going on. They couldn't get out there to work. <laughs> okay. Um, just a note. You know, if they're in the dark, they can't see how to work. If there's frogs leaping everywhere, nobody's working. If there's gants and flies flying, no, nothing's happening. Okay. All right. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go with you. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. But Moses said, You, mu you must allow us to have sacrifice and burnt offerings to present to the Lord our God, our livestock, Two must go with us. Now the hoof is to be left behind. We have to use some of them to worship the Lord our God. And until we get there, we will not know what we are to use to worship the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Pharaoh said to Moses, Get out of my sight. And make sure you do not appear before me again. The day you see me, see my face, you will die. Just as you say, Moses replied, I will never appear before you again. Now, the Lord said to Moses, I will bring on one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. And after that, 
He will let you go from here. And when he does, he will drive you out completely. Tell the people that men and women alike are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord made the Egyptian favorite disposed towards the people. And Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses said, this is what the Lord says about midnight. I will go through Egypt. Every firstborn in Egypt will die. Every firstborn from the firstborn son of the Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her hand mill and all the firstborn of cattle as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any man or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come to me, bow down before me, and say, Go, you and all your people who follow you. After that, I will leave. Then Moses, hot in anger, left Pharaoh. The Lord had said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you so that, the, so that my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for the first month, the first month of your, of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb from his family, one for each household, if any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of the lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animal you choose must yield one male. without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goat. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Okay? I said this the other day when I went over the Passover. Nowhere in the Passover is anything about cor corset, 
uh, lamb bone, egg. None of that stuff is here. Do you see that? No. What does it say here? It says meat, right? The bread without yeast and the bitter herbs. That's it. Okay. Do not eat the meat raw or leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and with the staff in your hand. Eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both man and animal, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is the day you are to commensurate for generation to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. Everybody, you hear this, right? You are to commensurate it from generation to generation. That has not changed. You are to treat it as a celebration, a festival. Hello? A lasting ordinance, meaning unending, it never stops. For seven days, you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. In other words, anything that's got yeast in it, breads, anything that is risen. For whatsoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do not work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the feast of unleavened bread because it was this very day that I brought you division out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance from generations to come. In the first month, you are to eat bread made within you are to eat bread made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. Now this year here in the U.S. it has fell on the 15th to the 23rd. And whoever eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel, whether whether he is an alien or native-born. Eat nothing made with yeast. Wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your family and 
and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take take a bunch of hyssop and dip it into blood in the basin and put some of the bread on the top on the top and on both sides of the door frame. No one of you shall go out the door of this house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on top and the sides of the door frame and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Obey these instructions as last ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as a promise, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does the ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is Passover, sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of Israel in Egypt and spread out homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all of Egypt got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not one household without dead. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and go. And also bless me. The Egyptian urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in needed throbs, wrapped it in cloth. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorable, disposed towards the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramos to Sukkoth, and there were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. That's not including the women and children. Many other people went up with them as well as large droves of livestock. So many other people went up with them. 
Uh-huh. It could have been some Israelites who really believed also, as well as uh, they had other aliens that was living in the uh, in Egypt, and they too uh, believed, and so they left. Okay, uh, they took with them... Uh, Okay, uh, many other people went up with them as well as large droves of livestock and flocks and herds. With the dough they had brought from Egypt, they baked cakes of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they had been driving, driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Now, the length of time the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, to the very end, all, all the Lord's division left Egypt because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. On this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil, to honor the Lord for the generations to come. There it is again. Okay. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, these are the regulations of Passover. No foreigner is to eat of it. Any slave you have brought may eat of it after you have circumcised him. But a temporary resident and a hair worker may not eat of it. It must be eaten inside one house. Take none of the meat outside the house. Do not break any of the bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate it. An alien living among you who wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover must have all the males in his household circumcised. Then he may take part like one born in the land. No circumcised male, uh, no uncircumcised male may eat of it. The same law applies to the native born and to the alien living among you. All the Israelites did just what the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt by their divisions. Chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb, The first offspring of every wound among the Israelites belonging to me, whether male or animal, 
Then Moses said to the people, Commensurate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing consisting of yeast. Today in the month of Abib, you are living, you are, I'm sorry, today in the month of Abib, you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jezebites, the land he swore to your forefathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast, and on the seventh day, Hold a festival to the Lord. Okay? So on the seventh day, you are to celebrate. Again. Hello? Okay. Eat unleavened bread during these seven days, and nothing will, nothing with yeast in it to be seen among you. Nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. On that day, tell your sons, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand, and you must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as ye promised on oath to you and your forefathers, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every wound, all the firstborn males of the livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with the lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In days to come, when your sons ask you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, and the Lord killed every firstborn in Egypt, both man and animal, this is why I sacrificed to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeemed each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign to your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was the shorter, for God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt uh, armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He said, 
God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Itham on the edge of the desert. By the day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by the day nor the pillar of fire by night left their place in front of the people. Okay. Um, Notice they talk about Joseph. Now, we've read, many of you who've been following, we've read the story of Joseph, and Joseph did say for his bones to be carried out of Egypt. They were not to stay there. Just They were supposed to be carried out and buried along with his uh, brothers and fathers. And their, um, they had a burial place uh, of their own elsewhere in the land that was promised to them, okay? And so uh, he told the people there not to leave his bones there, okay? Uh, if you're interested in that, you would have to look into the book of Enoch. Also, I think it's mentioned in the yeah, I think it's mentioned in the Lost Books of the Bible. Uh, might be in Adam and Eve. Okay. All right, uh, let's move on. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Phiharoth, uh, between Midgal and the sea. Uh, they are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal-Zephor. Uh, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. Okay. Um, but I will gain victory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So Israel did this. And when the king of Egypt was told that the people had left, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their service. So he said to his chariots, Make ready, and told his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officials over all of them. All right, let's go back over this. Who did he take? He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt, okay, with officials over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites. 
who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped at the sea near Phi-Haroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? We have, we, what have we done? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the waters so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am God when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of the Israelite army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and the night uh, and stood behind them. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night, the crowd brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so that neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all the night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, and a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. And during the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire, and the cloud of the Egyptian army, and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off, so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea. 
so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and a day and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The waters flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, and the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry land with a wall of water. With a wall of water there right on the uh, there right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Okay, everyone, that is the conclusion of Passover. Okay, I pray that you all enjoy the reading and I pray that you all are following the command of the Lord. This is Minister Macmillan saying, have a happy Passover and, and a blessed Easter. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Most High God. Thank you, everyone, for joining our program today. You have a blessed evening and good night. Mm-hmm.